All right. Since the recording is in progress, we would like to have a progress report. So, and Chloe, you may begin. Progress report in many domains, but maybe the domains I will share is today I had my first sacrocranial therapy ever. And I don't think I've ever done kind of any kind of somatic healing experience. So it was definitely a first for me. And it's definitely a box expanding experience because there's almost no clarity. There's like no speaking, no clarity. And so I, I'm trying to let it happen, let it happen without understanding what's happening. And, and it was incredible to, um, I was laying on the table and the woman did her thing and then I stood up and all my weight went to my feet. Like actually, I could actually like completely yeah. have the weight on my feet. And and she says, yeah, that's when the, the energy is actually moving, when it's kind of relaxing, that's how it's meant to be. Like the, and the, the gravity is felt on the feet and, and not held up, up here. So I'm heavier. That's the progress <laughs> conversation, progress report. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no such thing as gravity. You know, the earth sucks. <laughs> so the earth is sucking more. Yeah, it's sucking more, definitely. Oh, wow. A new relationship with diet. Interestingly, I had my second craniosacral, but the first one was like decades ago, um, a couple days ago, and had an incredible experience with it. It was like a trip. I mean, it was like I was on drugs and my body became weightless. Mm. And it was conscious in a other reality kind of way. And I could feel my body kind of, like she was really working on different parts of myself and like you said it's like I don't know how it works <laughs> she was touching parts of my body but not really moving much and but I felt really and I felt really different afterwards yeah it was uh um I'll go back <laughs> wow what yeah. a coincidence yeah what a coincidence. yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the ways to detect if there was actual change is if you get if you start getting different feedback, either from people or from the universe, you know, then then and then you go, well, I didn't get that feedback before, and then that reflects uh, change, some kind of change. So did either of you? I mean, no, I know it's been only a few hours for you, but did either of you notice different feedback? Yeah. uh not that comes to mind right offhand well i will share a, a feedback which is from my body which is it was also my first day of my menstruation and it's usually the most painful day and it was painful this morning before the session and and since then it's been really good it's been really n no pain and she was working in this like stomach like lower stomach but also high stomach area 
And, and my, the whole, my whole stomach was just gargling the whole time. She was like, things were moving. I'm like, what is going on? I have down there. So, so that's, that's a feedback. Yeah. Oh, nice. I mean, there's such a parallel between that kind of physical work and the working in the other bodies, the intellectual and emotional and energetic and archetypal because of the, the work is this chaotic, hard to understand or predict, you know, sometimes uncomfortable process. And then different dimensions show up that are not really, one did not know that one was missing them in mm -hmm. a way. You know, it's like, so it's really a parallel sort of experience. Yeah. And what I realized uh, is that this kind of, somatic work is in tune with my body, who I am. And that verbal work, you know, like if I were to do counseling or something like that, really isn't. It's, um, yeah, I, I can get away with a lot by verbally. Um, <laughs> I can out-talk therapists. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's like I don't I don't understand there's what what do you what's the problem <laughs> but my body you know that's really where I'm oriented is in my body so there's in exactly what you just a second Janet and exactly what you said Phyllis which was you know that that's a parallel thing because and Chloe and I recently in Mallorca met with a therapist a physical therapist guy doing physical manipulations and he was working with fear in uh he was in the whatever diaphragm he was working in the diaphragm and so you know he's done it so many times that he gets his hands in there and he can tell you know what's going on so he found our fear stuff and we each did two sessions and so on, on both of us on the second session he's reaching into the place where the fear was in our diaphragm and he goes it's gone and he's going why why is that because and because everybody else I have to work five, ten, you know, times just to get it to kind of stay away. And it's like, well, it became clear to us that well, we've already done the emotional body work and the intellectual body work and the energetic body work, you know, for that fear to be gone. And as soon as you do the physical release, there's nothing that can hold it. And he had not experienced that before. He goes, What kind of work are you guys doing? Yeah, but and also that in possibility management, we don't actually do the physical part because a lot of good, great, fantastic people are already doing it. Yeah. And so it's really recommended to to do all this somatic physical work with the people who are competent. We should be more domain. clear about that. Yeah. Place. To keep to have a list, maybe yeah. Janet was going to say something. Yeah. I am. So I'm going to join hashtag me too. I, <laughs> me three. Okay. <laughs> so Karen is an amazing physical, physical body therapist in our possibility team here in Mochueca. And she's quite a distance away. So once a fortnight, I organized for her to come here. So this week, there was nine of us had the physical body as the gateways to emotional blocks it's marvelous yeah were she doing it we she was working on somebody and everybody was holding space or no it was individual no. 
uh, one afternoon and evening, and then the next morning she stayed overnight. Okay. So she's going to come regularly. I'm ha really happy to organize that. Cool. Was she working one-on-one -on -one with people? or One-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. Yeah. In, in her context of work, do you know if it's... Well, she's possibility management, so it's we can do the emotional work with her easily as well. Yeah, and no, I mean, for her massage. physical com competence. Yeah, yeah, massage, a masseuse. Okay. Yeah. And then to report that James Andrews and I met and we are preparing the work talk we agreed to do, swimming in the beauty of brokenheartedness. And... Mm -hmm. Um, I wish James was here. James Samuel, they're at Inward, a four-day training with uh, experience with Tristan and other possibility management people. So he put his hand up and then the next day went into deep grief, deep brokenheartedness himself. And I hope he shows up here to talk about it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we're brewing that and it'll be, we'll put the advert out soon. Swimming in the beauty of a broken heart. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. I, I just want to, sorry, I just want to go back and finish what we were talking about before. So if, if any of you, or including anybody who watches the video, re really recommends a physical practitioner of an of a art that is in parallel supporting evolutionary work, Please give me the website name and website. Send it to me so I can add it to, like the three phase healing mm -hmm. website. So just please send me the healers, send me the workers, the body workers, the ones who are all over the world, and I can add them in there so people can find them because they're really not so easy to find in my experience. It's a good one. yeah, they're good, good ones. So please, if you've got a good one, share it with us so we can share it. Thank you. I have a proposal for you, Clinton. I've been looking at the bridge house you're going to do down in Costa Rica in January, and yeah. I couldn't find myself in the description of prerequisites. However, my proposal is if you, I studied cranial sacral, and I've been a cranial sacral practitioner for 12 years in the state, licensed in the state of Washington. Would you like to explore the possibilities of how these can be introduced in ETB or labs? Let's have a private conversation about that. Yes. Go on, thank you. My experiments this past week have been stretching myself in the dance community that I'm involved with and um, coming up with how I can present possibility management. There's a 45 minute pre-dance thing that is about embodiment. Most people it's contact improv or something related to that, but I think that this would work. And I'm creating a, a crossover between dance and possibility management to hmm. present during that. Nice. And my next experiment is to schedule it and do it in the next two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I want to tell you that really one of um, the experiment that we bring uh, in in festivals in with people who just you know whatever off the street people is this fear of connection. And so I'm afraid of connecting with you in general. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm afraid of connecting with people in general because and you can let it go for 
three, four, five, even six minutes. So people can kind of stretch this experience of fear. And then this, I'm afraid of connecting with you specifically, their partner across from them and then change roles. And, and it's, it's such people just learn so much about themselves, learn so much about the, the other person. It's such an intimate um, space. So great. Just, yeah. I'm afraid of connecting with people. What's the first one? In general. Yes. Thank you. And then the second one is specifically. Is that on the Fear of Connection website? No, no. Okay. Sonia, you were going to say something. Yes. Uh, along the sharings, I'll do the me for. And I've been going to the feelings petitioner clinic. And what I'm experiencing there with what they are doing is is just amazing and the two times that that i went through a process i i had this experience of coming into my physical body and having this alignment where the experience of the feelings is so visceral and that it's it was clear for me why I chose at a certain time to leave my body and not experience that. And at the same time, there's this, once I'm inside the physical body and the body's aligned, there's no more doubt. There's no doubt. There's no, there's just no doubt. There's, there's a knowing, an immediate knowing coming from, from myself. And this last process is was about my lungs and this coughing that I have for a long time. And I discovered that I was, I have this strategy of going into a high speed, an inner high speed that translates on the outside also. And my there was this anger and this sadness in my lungs because they want to go slower. They want to be able to heal at their own pace and not at someone else's space. And so there was this place where there was this biological clock and, and I connected to the clock and immediately I slowed down. And I, I was just inside of my body. I was breathing differently. The coughing was almost gone. And now I'm noticing that it's happening again. And it is it is this pressure between fear and anger that is causing this going faster. And so I'm really, I really recommend the feelings practitioner. It's, it's an amazing work. The clinic is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Uh, Europe, yes. same time as as the study group right now on Wednesdays and it's free and it's open and the link is public. So find it in the event group. And there are also videos that you can see on the PMTV of the clinic. Oh, great. Yeah. There's what? I, I missed that. Videos, videos, recordings of the of two oh. sessions of the clinic. So you can have like this sense of what is happening there. And where are those? On the PMTV. There's a playlist called Feelings Practitioner. Okay, thank you. Is yours in there? Yes. Thank you. 
Great. And that's thanks to Sonia because you're, you're working behind the scene for uploading yeah. all the <laughs> So thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Any, go ahead, Phyllis. I wanted, to, I wanted to add to, you know, you asked if I noticed any changes after my craniosacral. And she told me to just not do anything strenuous for 48 hours. So, so I did that. And the first, it was easy. Like I'm usually, I sit down and I go, oh, there's some, I can see something else that I want to do. And I get up. It's like, I move fast. And I, you know, and and I get distracted easily. And that day, for that 48 hours, I did not. I just was, I think I was more conscious and more alert. Mm -hmm. well. Thank you. I have uh, something re to report. Um, I was on a funeral today and I, I experienced something that is very well known and that I get very easily triggered to have emotional sadness. And also not only because somebody's dying, uh, also because something like if there is a world record in some sports, I'm not interested at all. It's just a weird thing and I don't like it. So I, I sat there in this in the church and and I I was I wanted to feel everything. So I was ready. And then somehow I got an idea and I remembered uh, the, from your book, uh, no reason. I'm I'm reading that right now. And I remembered uh, to kind of you you described something where you you were kind of the as kind of space holder for the whole thing and you had huge um grounding cord yes and you know you remember this and and then i had this just this idea and and i then i i somehow everything changed i i was sitting there and i declared a a huge space around the whole church and and a huge <laughs> grounding cord and I, I was just sitting there kind of I'm here for for this somehow for, for just being people for the people to be here and to feel their feelings something like that and and then yeah then this emotional thing stopped and, and I was just there and then I, I it was like Ah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> I know it, it was just amazing. I, uh, yeah, well, I, I wanted to go the, to the funeral, so it wasn't I wasn't forced, you know. And I'm not in this context of Catholic Church, but somehow I was there. Then it was good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's really the work of a possibilitator. It's really adult. I don't know if you could feel how adult you were when you were saying it or when you were doing that, or like you really have one or two feet in adulthood now, and that's it. You won't go back. And so the, you, as, as, you, as we start getting more in connection with the Earth Coincidence Control Office with ECHO, it will, and, you, and we sort of 
get radic radical simplicity in our life. So we lighten our load, we get drop some baggage, you know, we, we like, we're more easy to move. And then echo will move us around to and put us in situations where we can do exactly that kind of work. So don't be surprised if more things like that come on your bench. Like you're in a situation, you know, in your restaurant mm -hmm. or, you know, at a, at a conference or, you know, and stuff is happening and you just go, you know, big hold, golden cube, big grounding cord, you know, let this stuff come through, call in bright principles, whatever, connect, complete communications, you know, repeat back what people say, like all these things. And you'll, you'll just provide so much, it's really magical, really magical stuff for people. So thank you for telling us that. Yeah, um, I also, something I noticed that my ego or whatever you want to call it, my box said something like, uh, I, I noticed that I got those ideas to feel important now, you know, mm. but stop that. I always, uh, no, I, this is not, I want, don't want to, yeah, give that this attention. Yeah. Yeah. But I noticed that. So it's probably some idea <laughs> about. Yeah. A way out of that is to simply feel like a possibilitator instead of feeling like, I'm wonderful, I'm amazing, I'm great, I'm better. You know, you can skip all that if you just go, I'm a possibilitator and this is my work. It's what I do. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't really know what why why I'm doing this, you know. No. It's and then I'm I'm I have this reason, yes, I'm so important, I'm doing this and but yeah. Thank you. Get it? Did you get yeah. it, Tatiana? It is now that now the you're doing it because you're a possibilitator. And it's not a reason, but it's an identity. And then the yeah, it's because fall off. yeah, because that's what a possibilitator does. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to relate bright principles. You were serving, you were serving yes. the need, not, and it not was working through you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's a, like the plumber comes in and fixes the toilet, and then he goes, "I'm so important." <laughs> <laughs> You know, and he, and he is, but that's not the question. The question is, can you can you fix toilets? You know, and yes, he can. And I'm a plumber, and that's a big thing. But so a possibilitator is doing a different kind of work. That's all. It's energetic, energetic plumbing. Yeah, <laughs> plumbing space. Yeah, putting the fixing the drain in the, in the space. Yes. yes. Black hole. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you. Anything that's else? Well, you that's go what happened. Oh, Janet, go ahead. And then Solange. I wait. Solange, you go. Okay. First of all, thank you to let me in the group. I like to be there. And uh, even though I speak a little bit uh, rough English, um, this week I uh, experiment the, the, ex the exercises that uh, you talked in, uh, last week about uh, seven minutes a day, uh, one, uh, one, one time a day, and uh, um, to, to say uh, being uh, glad of being myself. I did the exercise. That was uh, surprising for me. The first time I was a little bit, uh, uh, a smile was in my face, and uh, not a regular smile, but an inner smile. 
and that that was great. That that I uh, each time I did the, the exercise, um, that was different. One time I cry, <laughs> but at each time it was a a space, uh, a love space uh, um, that was uh, marvelous. And uh, I talk about the exercise uh, to my family and friends, and uh, I was uh, happy to uh, to to ask them if they they, uh, they want to try it. Eh? And that was really uh, really fun and uh, uh, what an experience! <laughs> what an experience! Thank you. Uh, I recommend it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I recommend it too. <laughs> <laughs> Janet, go ahead. Yeah, I was at the premiere of this movie that I'm in, and in terms of preparing the space in the afternoon, I went really quiet, did a sitting, cleared the the cinema. I'm starting to shake as I tell you, and then for about fifty, called in all the bright principles that the reason I'm in the movie is that people will feel and these are these are people who have done no feelings work whatsoever and then my body shook for at least 15 minutes it was like receiving a download it's the only way I could describe it James was sitting next to me we'd both been doing a sitting that this movie's a window for possibility management and feelings work so I was joining in with how important to prepare the space, Tatiana, and be the space holder. And then amazing things can happen. Yeah. So it, it was uh, the importance of holding space as a possibility, because that's what we do. Oh. Yeah. Can, how, how can we see, can we see the movie? How can we have access to it? Well, it's going to be New Zealand release 28th of September. What's it um, called? It's the star. It's called Stylebender, and I wasn't going to recommend it to anyone. Starbender, style. A stylebender. Stylebender, but the opening scene is Israel Adesanya walking to my camper van. That's the opening scene. Is the feelings work, and he's doing a rage hold in in the middle. He's they've took some gaps out, so it looks sounds like I'm talking a bit faster than I usually do holding space. But it's, it's a movie of men, vulnerability, strength in vulnerability, and the whole of human shadow as well, arrogance and determination. The fight scene's not my thing. I kept closing my eyes for that. But um, it will touch people that I can't touch without that movie. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Good work. Thank you. Yeah, that was big work. The first of many. Well, I, I want the people around the world, PM people, to have spaces you can invite people to. Phase one, feelings work when the movie comes out in your part of the world. Be sure to fill in your, your personal file at IMDb. <laughs> what? IMDb is a website where all actors, everybody who's been in a movie or involved in creating a movie is listed on there. 
Internet Movie Database, Internet Movie Database, imdb.com. And so if you name, you, you'll be named, and if you have a profile, then they can link it, and you can have whatever bio and movies and links mm -hmm. that you want. So if you've been in a movie, be sure to put you know, your own personal website in there and so people can get in touch with you. Thank you. <clears throat> I, I want to report in terms of what you were just saying, this phase one of feelings work. I just had a game world building call with the EHP collaboration group spaceholder team, which, which are Gabriel Le Chemin, Nicole Bradford, Nicole Nete, and Christine Edushner is, is getting on the team. And they are... Um, deepening and basically starting over the EHP collaboration group to make it a possibility coach training ground Yay. to become a possibility coach. And so that when you, when the people just enter and start getting healing, they get it that it's, it's, it's not just for them. This is not a, a, like a clinic in a way, like a not, it's not a place where you just come and get healed. And then whenever you need to be healed, you just come back. It's really a, a skilling up, uh, uh, healers like skilling up healers so that they can deliver it to their own circle and one thing that was became so clear in the call is there's all these evolutionary game worlds edge-working game worlds uh, such as uh, the global eco-village network or eco-villages internet intentional community which is ic uh the, org. yeah I, okay and the permaculture game world, like for example, that each person who's done a PDC would have a place to come into the EHP collaboration group. PDC is permaculture design design course. Thank you. And 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 so that 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 game world, the the, the just the possibility of inner navigating, mad, sad, glad, and scared, being heard, being centered, like the basic skills could change, could completely empower. The people who are doing uh, like other kind of edge working, but game world like edge working research, but they're just stuck at just a few like they're just stuck at some emotions. They just that's why they can't connect. They can't collaborate. They can't say what they want. They can't. Their creativity is blocked. And so what we were talking about is who are the people who can hold the door of the emotional healing process group. Uh, for these other game worlds, you know, who are knocking, you know, who is the permaculture uh, EHP space holder, basically, and who's going to contact this permaculture game world to say, hey, do you know about this? It's free, you know, and you can send your people there and, and for different game worlds. So if you're one of these people, contact me or Nicole Bradford, we're both space holders for that, and, and to start this conversation so that other people can just have such yeah an easy powerful clear space to have access to ehp's basic healing skills while we're talking about game world consulting i'd like you to i'd like to share with you a discovery i just made which is a distinction the clarification between the difference between a, a rift a rift walker and an edge worker so we have two websites. One is called riftwalkers.mystrikely.com and one is called edgeworker with no s.mystrikely.com. And there's not much on the Riftwalker one. It has a really cool logo from a, a graffiti I found, but uh, it's there's not much there. But right now I can tell you that the difference between a Riftwalker and an edgeworker is the location of the gap. 
the location of the chasm, the location of the access to the void. So an edge worker, the access to the void is at the edge, the outer limits of a game world or of a space. It's at the out external edge. That's where an edge worker works. But a rift walker, a rift is in the middle of a game world. It's in the middle, not on the edges. It's in the middle. And it creates this rift, which is like a canyon. Because this rip, and a, a, a rift walker goes in, you know, works with that rip open in the middle of a game world, which is actually far more common even hard almost than the edges. You know, most people have these breakdowns or these conflicts or these um, rips in the connections in the game world, and it's usually in the middle. And so one of the Arkan professions is rift walker. And for both professions, but more so the rift walker, you need a capacity to call in chaos. Because if you if you are not chaos, and there's a rules of chaos website, if you are not chaos, you cannot thrive in chaos. You cannot fly in chaos. And so it's it's important to establish this relationship between you and chaos so that it becomes part of your agency, it becomes a one of your resources. And chaos is one of the infinite resources. There's a website called Infinite Resources. <laughs> Which is really lacking is it? massive information. Yeah, because it can you can you say more about chaos? Oh yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean this isn't really the platform to speak about this, but why the hell not? Uh, because in chaos is when you these kinds of things that I was just talking about are mage work. And so there's another website called Mage Training, which has some great videos on there from the two versions we did, two, two seasons we did already. It's like eight what are they called? episodes. So season two, episode three, you know, of, of mage training. <laughs> you can watch this stuff instead of television, you know, and just go through the, the sessions because they're fabulous. They really are full of distinctions, but we didn't talk about the stuff I'm talking about here. But, but you know, we've been taught to use our logic and our mind to try to make, to systematize things or put things in order and bring bring systems into order. And, and you know, right now, and Chloe and I are sitting in a, a giant kind of six floor block, I mean, stone cement, Apartment building from the USSR time here in, Poland. in Warsaw in Poland, and and we look around and the and this this is like a strip mall. It's like this place is just lined up with these huge block buildings and their apartment buildings. Now, if you if you go to like Vietnam or someplace, you know the apartment buildings just go vertical. They go to thirty stories tall, and but he, and they're they're like mold or mushrooms growing everywhere but here they're lined up in strips and this is completely ordered and we walk around there's nobody on the street there's no garbage on the street and it's silent in the middle of the town in the middle of a big city it's silent and it, okay why well because most people if, are walking and and if they're walking and if they're not walking they're driving an electric car and they don't allow trucks around here and the roads are completely flat they don't have bumps in them, so the cars don't like this all the time. So this we're trained, we're civilization 
is about order. And so then we think that life is about order. We think about, you know, we, we, we capture this in our mind is that, well, you know, the objective is to understand and the objective is to put things into a logical, reasonable, systematical understanding of order. And what happens then is things freeze down. It's like matter. You know, if you put matter into the stillest form possible, it's frozen. Like water, water in air, the molecules are moving around really fast. But if you take water, the steam, and you bring it down so it's um, more room temperature, it turns into liquid. So then, but so in the liquid form, water, the molecules are still moving around fast. But if you take the energy out even more, it'll crystallize into a structure called ice. And then the molecules are still moving around, but far less, really much, much less. And that's order. And so we've been we've been trained to create order. And this totally applies to relating. You know, I will do the dishes on Monday and you can do the dishes on Tuesday. And that's fair. And I can put it on a calendar and then we understand. And then you know, where is the life in that? Where is the possibility of fasting? You know, where's the possibility of, of inviting Mrs. McGillicuddy over and with her pot of soup and she can cook for us today, you know, or whatever. The, the, so a live, so a disorder is um, a, a happy ingredient for life. I mean, if there isn't disorder, genes do not evolve. So it's the same thing with relating. If there is not certain level of disorder allowed, your relating cannot evolve, cannot deepen, cannot expand, cannot become more um, sensible, like tactile, whatever. So you notice things more subtle, can navigate finer spaces. If 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 the disorder, it's called a. There's a term in genetics. Mark, do you know this? There's a term. If you, you need for, for genetic to evolve, you need a. Uh, a disorder. It's called a an so error or a mutation. Yeah, for a mutation, mutation. to there's another name. The word for a disrupt it. A disruption. Yeah, it's I'm, a, I'm I'm reading a book that talks about this um small difference in the okay I I don't know the exact term but for things for life to work out things cannot be exactly the same and be perfect. There has to be this small difference. And it is in this difference that order or this, that life evolves. Otherwise it, it collapses. Is this what you're talking about? Yeah, yes, but the collapsing part is more about that it gets dead. So I'm sure you've been in some kind of relating with someone where the relating gets dead. And it gets dead because it's predictable, because, because the person has locked down the flow of energy through their body into, into cramped up places. And so light, like actual aliveness cannot go through because this is forbidden, this is prohibited, this is a taboo, this scares me too much, et cetera, et cetera. And so it, and so when when possibility comes, it's locked down and and then the relating has lost its aliveness. And so what I'm saying is in terms of being an individual, being in, a, in while you're relating 
And even while you're consulting with organizations as a possibilitator, you're, you're, you need access to chaos, to become chaos, to cause chaos. And so we have a website where we started called Cause Adventure. I don't think there's anything on it. We started another one called Cause Transformation. I don't think there's much on that one either. But um, but we're inspired. But to we're make inspired. <laughs> But the but the but the um, rules of chaos. There's quite a bit on that. There's quite a bit on rules of chaos. I'll be writing a book about it one of these days. But like, okay. So the question is, how can you source chaos? How can you be a source of chaos in a moment-to-moment interactive conversation? In uh, as you're walking down the street, as you're laying in bed at night, how can you cause chaos? How can you so that you cause a rift. How can you go in that rift and be a rift walker and so that you're at home and be of service in the rift, which, like I said before, is in the middle of things. It's in the middle of it's not on the edge. It's not like this evolutionary force, like, like expanding or you know, reinventing the, the way things look on the edge. It's a rift, is in this rip open in the middle of things, which is where most stuff needs to happen. And so have an example, if you want, Clinton. Yeah, shoot it. Summer camp 2019 or 2018, a woman who I had done dance lessons with seven years earlier is at camp. She sees me relating to a woman who has children and being very supportive of this woman, but she takes it as being like a family breaker. This other woman, by the way, was polyamorous. So anyway, she has a response or a reaction to me being me related to another person who she thought I was breaking the other woman's family up, which I wasn't. But in that moment, she raised it in the camp as a predator. And my thing from then on was to actually work with her as opposed to like be all i'm not a predator da, 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 da. and she left a day before the end of camp and i presented myself to the whole camp as the person that had been labeled as a predator so that the discussion could continue as opposed to and and we had really good leadership there was a woman in camp who got me and this woman down at a table. The the woman who was labeling me a predator, all she could do was like, I'm talking to you, you're listening. And I had an ally there. I had another gentleman who was also a good space holder. And I just received it all. And to me, it was like, I was, I was oblivious to what was triggering this until she shared it with me. Um, there was this other woman in a dance relationship who she and I became real good buddies, but she went through a separation with her husband. And this woman related my interactions as being the cause of that, this, this dance instructor woman. The odd thing was she was somebody I respected. Like I had gone to her, I had paid her money to go to week-long dance lessons with this woman. And she was labeling me And this is how chaos shows up because this is an energy field that needs to be worked with. 
the the community I was at camp with that had this, we have a thing where we do forum. You guys are familiar with Zeg Forum or heard of Zeg yeah. Forum? In Zeg Forum, we did breakouts where we had three different ones. And this woman was in a different one than I was. And she just spilled the beans to the whole camp like that there was a predator in camp, that he was breaking up families and da-da-da-da-da-da. And I had to go through over three days the process of figuring out she's talking about me and this energy is now in the field. So, so chaos, uh, one of the things I would say is if you're going to work with chaos, learn to be conscious of when chaos is working through you. Because otherwise you get, <laughs> you get hit by a truck when you don't look right in England, right? Or London. So. Right. Yeah, thank you. Really, you're bringing up the shadow side of chaos. Yes. And, you know, and everything has a shadow side. There's a shadow side to flowers, for example, if, especially if you know about the, the triffids. There's a book called The Day of the Triffids, which are predatory flowers. Anyway, <laughs> I recommend the book. Not this fly trap. So in any case, yeah, it's so important that, that we're talking about conscious chaos and not unconscious chaos, you know, which is conscious purpose, you know, and holding space for it and really navigating chaos in a way that serves. And that's, you know, that's always a question, you know, because if you're going to go on a transformational path, who's the guru? What's the guru's purpose? Is this a cult? Is it a sect? You know, what's what's really happening here? Because if you're not smashed into the, the, if you're not ironed flat by civilization, you know, then what in your, you know, what's really going on? Obviously, it's a sect or a cult. And the other thing you were talking about is a witch burning, you know, to flip over the, you know, to label somebody a predator and then burn them as a witch is really satisfactory gremlin food. Not so great for evolution. No, and it creates a great deal of fear in a camp of 120 people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I would add just about navigating chaos. It, you know, one of the main skill I would I would think is to be completely unhookable, because um, if you if you're creating chaos, uh, the the whole purpose of box is to is to defend against chaos, and so the gremlin will come out, the, the untrained gremlin, the unconscious gremlin will come out trying to kill the source of chaos. And to to just be really clear about the purpose of the chaos, and um, in a way, it's like holding the sword at the neck, but also making use of the you know the freak out of the box and the gremlin coming out as okay, great, this is the next evolutionary process for you. You know, what's the problem with not knowing? What's the problem of not having a solid ground? What's what's the problem if you don't know what comes next? Can you can you can you share an example of navigating conscious chaos and calling it in or sourcing it as a possibilitator? Yeah, one of the skills, for example, is to pull the rug out. And so people, mm. you know, one of the the defense strategy of box is I'm certain I have this ground. I you know it is like this. Life is like this. I'm like this. They like this. You know, and, and it can be a, a rage club is like this, an emotional healing process is like this, transformation goes like this, and it's this, you know, floor. And but if you consider it a carpet, then you know, like a rug, 
he can pull the rug out and underneath is nothing. And then it's like, ah, and all this certainty. So pulling the rug out is, is a skill and it's really context. It's a, it's a, it's, it's done through speaking. It is done through speaking. Well, it's and, energetic. Yeah. And energetic. Um, so we have a website called pull the rug out. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's much on that one either, but it's a great logo. And the purpose is not to freak people out. You know, that would be a gremlin purpose The freak people, you know, the pulling the rug out is not so that people freak or that, the, but it's so that really aliveness can come. I mean, and in, in this conversation, for example, about the emotional healing process group, the space holders wanted to leave because they've been dragged down into this. They've been sucked into the assumption of like the rugs of most people in that group. And it's unconscious expectation, unconscious resentment, con being a consumer, scarcity of money. And they, they were standing on the same rug as the, the, the unconscious assumption from the entire group, for example. I just pulled a rug out. I'm like, this is, you know, what you think the emotional healing process group is, is not, that is not what it is. What it is, it's a training ground for possibility coaches pull the rug out and then and then people started flying and it's like i want to be space holder for that group you know that is turning me on you know and because finally all aliveness can come back possibilities come back would this be the same as talking about stories in other words uh if you frame that that the rug is your story if you don't know what the rug is the rug is whatever your story is story that this is what is Right. That's that's the story you create that possibility management uh, is is this. That, that's my story. Presented as, well, what if that's not accurate? What if that's the pulling the rug out? It's, it includes stories, but it's bigger than stories, Mark. It's more what I was saying, which is about certainty. There's many kinds of ways to establish false certainty, make assumptions, have expectations, make conclusions. Mm. It's not just stories. You know, it's really positionality, beliefs, projections, projections, all this stuff. Sonia, go and, ahead. And all those things, they create this rigid structure yes. that doesn't allow chaos to be sourced. And what I'm getting is that chaos is somehow connected to possibility. And without chaos, there's no possibility. And yeah. if I am in this space of my my vision is is like this if it is rigid i cannot access all of this that i i'm not even aware because i'm so rigid and stuck so yeah but it's even more than that, is that thing. <laughs> then that picture here where you're talking that becomes black and white it becomes dead so it's even yes. more, it's not just you only get access to some bit it's just it dies because that does not exist with all of this. Like, to be alive, it needs yes. to move the picture. Yes, to, to, to have a, to be organic, to be fluid, to, to move. I, yeah, I mean, what this I sounds like what we've been talking about with the space. What's, what is the word you guys use for when you do this with a space? Um, it's like, not compulsion, but cavitate. cavitate. When you cavitate a space. Yes. 
I, I experienced this right now through the session. This is so amazing because it was so difficult for me to join into the call yes. in so many ways. Technically, with the children, we, we are on a holiday in South Germany and so many things that made it difficult for me to join the call. And everything what you said was so amazingly fitting. I get what everybody said. And what I noticed is I had, I, what's falling, what you just said, Aunt Chloe, it's not just, it's get wider, but it just falls apart. It's this, oh, thinking, oh, I have to wait until Sumaya's sleeping, or I have to get the Wi-Fi, or uh, whatever plans I make. And then all, it didn't work out. It was just going from chaos to chaos. I mean, <laughs> I was even angry at you, Clinton, when you said something about finding out how to source chaos. I was like, I want to get rid of this fucking chaos. <laughs> and everything you said made it just fall apart. That this thinking of, uh, oh, I'm missing out the words that I said. Okay, but maybe they are not relevant for me. And then I jumped in or the, or the Wi-Fi suddenly it worked, then it didn't work again. And there was this point where I just trusted it. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was this, this, this doesn't make any sense. All this kind of trying to make it work. What does that mean in the end? Like, it's so weird right now for me to experience that. Thank you. Thank you so much for everybody, what you just said. And what I'm experimenting with, maybe Sonia, that helps as an example, is this, I guess you do that too. I bet, I bet, hold, on, hold on. Can you say it? Just speak a little slower and more into the space so that we can really hear your voice. The last sentence. Yeah. What I wanted to say to Sonia when she asked for an example is the experience of um, holding multiple spaces, yeah. right? When you, you're holding space for multiple things to happen at the same time, right? You're cooking and you have a friend at, uh, at your place and you know, need to prepare a present for whatever. And this is when you lose positionality. It doesn't work, right? There's nothing more important or more valid or makes more sense than other things. They are all happening at the same time. And then when you let go of this idea of how things should go, but trust that you are, like what Tatiana said about, I'm present here and this is happening in my presence. Then it's not that I do something or it has to be get somewhere or something. Make sense what I'm saying? Yes. This, yeah, experiencing this multiple, like um, splitting your attention and holding space for multiple things that's in my sense what, how you can um, experiment with that how you navigate chaos or source chaos thank you Habit. thank you yes there was also something you you said Habit, about trying to get rid of chaos and realizing that that wasn't the goal Yeah, that's the other point. Yeah, exactly. What's like falling not being hookable, not being yeah, hookable by chaos. Exactly, because one thing that I usually did was going into victim, like oh, oh, it doesn't work, and it's all my fault and my responsibility and whatever. Or 
people like now in southern Germany, there are so many tourists here in this place. So they never assume that I speak German. And that makes me crazy. Normally that makes me crazy. And now I see there's so much in that. Like this this not fulfilling other people's expectations. Or noticing like I me as a child, I was constantly touched by all people, especially on in villages. They just touched me without asking. And I'm in this constant fear that they do that to Sumail when she doesn't wear a hat. And now I can be in this fear. I can be in this, okay, I have this fear. I have this awareness of where's my child? What are other people doing with their gaze, with their touch? And instead of going into victim, oh, I always have to take care of, oh, I'm always in this anxiety. I'm like, okay, I have the sensibility. I have the sensitivity to hold multiple spaces. Like I, I see where we're going and I see that there's a guy sitting next to my daughter and I see that he's looking at her. Like instead of being this victim, oh, there's a threat. Like it falls apart. Like I don't have to, I'm just present. It's all happening in my presence. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Janet, it seems like you were going to say a couple of things. No? Okay. One one thing that is relevant, I think, to relating, and, I, and I've seen that happening, especially in sort of possibilitators or coaches relating, uh, you know, there's an assumption or there's a, re, uh, there's a projection or there's a resentment and trying to go into it. And, and that would be trying to go into the freeze. And it's a, you know, it, it's a possibility, but it, I think it's a far more interesting option to say, let's go into chaos. So those things fall apart. And then that's where life happens instead of putting the attention on the, on the thing that's freezing. Then, then it's like, then you're frozen with the freeze. And, and so, yeah, as another use of chaos, like another benefit of chaos is forget about trying to solve the problem. You know, it's like be alive, be alive instead. Yeah, it's the idea that chaos causes a mutation of the space. It creates a variation. And if you do not have a variation or a mutation, like you don't have the variations to choose from, the options to choose from. So chaos is actually mutating new possibilities into a space that you could then have to choose from. And without the chaos, if you have a rigid path or a set path or a known path, a repeated path, there's no new options to choose from. So that's the value of chaos. It, in, in it, it actually creates new options to choose from, new possibilities. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mimetic engineers we are. <clears throat> So now you already know that you're gonna to have to transcribe this session. For the <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> I'm going to transcribe this. <laughs> Any other sharings <clears throat> being together in the study group? Which is clearly also a research group. <laughs> that that needs to be stated. 
you know, study group would be usually studying the known, but we're involved in studying the unknown, which is called researching. So Lanj, you would have to unmute yourself to speak. Uh, last week, uh, Chloe said that uh, there is a three answer to a re relationship. No, yes, or uh, another uh, uh, another uh, possibility. I am clear what that is. <laughs> yeah, yes, and, uh, and a proposal. Yeah, proposal. Yeah, yeah, another proposal. And this week, I... Uh, Somebody asked me to go uh, at the, the park and uh, and usually I, I would say not the truth, <laughs> that I'm not uh, all authentic. And uh, this time uh, the person asked me uh, if uh, you want me to uh, give you, me your my phone number. And I say no. And I say no. And... Uh, uh, the thing is that I didn't feel guilty. That was new for me. To say no, no, and I say that was a, not another proposal. That that was no. See? And I was very glad. And I think the to be part of this group uh, uh, changed myself. I, even though I don't understand all the and. I have a lot of things to say. <laughs> this this week, I I uh, I have decided that it's a chance that I don't understand everything because my my body understand my all my body uh, are understanding. Maybe uh, uh, the intellect is not uh, is not there every time, but I, I was glad I'm there and I I'm listening and and. That's perfect, see? and that was my experience. No guilt. It was, uh, yeah, I was really happy. Yay! <laughs> Solange, are you are you thinking of delivering Rage Club? Um, no, but it's a good idea. <laughs> That's what Rage Club, you know, is for. You know, this ability to just say no and just be clear and not have guilt. Yeah. That's conscious anger, conscious woman anger, you know, in your case. And yeah. you know, if you have the experience, you can teach it to somebody else. Okay, I will do it. I have a place to go and, uh, yeah, I will okay. come back with it. <laughs> cool. I, so talk to Ingrid. Because you know she might have some hints for you. Yeah, yeah, that's my best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm holding space for a Rage Club spaceholder training in a couple months. So if okay. you to learn how to hold space for Rage Club, okay, do. But that doesn't mean not to try before. Yeah, start. Before. Yeah, yeah. Because when, when you try one and it, all these things blow up in your face, you know, yeah, that's a the then the they chaos. have really useful questions in there. <laughs> yeah. How do you deal with this? What happened? What are you doing? A guy says like that. Yeah. Thank you. I I, I made some discoveries uh, about the the parasite technology that is running uh, in me, and I, I had this. I've, I I had the story that. The survival strategies that I have are isolated, and like somehow, 
each one has a different purpose. And what I discovered is that they are a part of a bigger thing that I, it seems to be that this parasite technology. And so there's this, I, I have this thing of life is hard. So I have to be strong. I have to try really hard. And what I noticed is that there are several constructions that I have that are connected to this and then they are self-feeding. So they are creating the circumstances for life being hard. And, and so the survival of the structure keeps on going. And it was the first time that I actually saw I, I'm responsible for this. So I, I am not enough. And then I create this, or, or I am alone, I'm isolated. And then people contact me and I don't reply. Or I don't reach out, I don't call them or, and so this is part of the same, th of, of this whole thing that keeps on, on getting bigger and I, I'm in the middle. And, and I also discovered this connection with the, with the emotions. There's this place I want to get. So life is hard, so I'm not happy. So joy is on the outside. And for me to make it work, I just have to use anger and fear. So there's this thing of fear and anger running and running and running and creating this intense pressure. And in the middle of it, there's this, I'm not accessing completely the feeling of sadness, which is what softens the structure. And, and there's the emotional sadness of the victim because life is very hard and this is where I am. I am alone. I'm isolated and everyone else can make it and I cannot. And something happened while discovering this and I'm experimenting with sadness and the pressure sort of released. And so I'm really happy about the pressure releasing. Which pressure is releasing, Sonia? Which the pressure? One the one created by the anger and the fear. And I also discovered this membrane in the front of my body with that is made of fear and, and, and anger. And there's this anger being sent on the outside to push people away. And then the fear is eating up the sadness that, that's coming up inside of my body. And I, I'm experimenting, bringing more sadness consciously. I mean, what you're saying is this conscious sadness would is a is a way to heal the parasite, to dissolve the structure, to dissolve the structure that the the energetic structure it it creates like this vacuum with anger and fear, and when I bring the, the sadness, it kind of just yes it dissolves sadness is liquid that that's what i get from my energetic sensations i wanted to yeah i was trying to get it back to the parasite because that's where you started yes it's dissolving the parasite which is also the sentence life is hard and i have to be strong 
cool. The the thing you said you didn't you said that the you have this membrane and there's anger on the outside, which pushes people away, so then it keeps you alone. But the fear is on the inside where you disconnect because it's yes. safe. Your fear is on the inside because you dis so you disconnect because it is safer to stay. They are going on the boat. They are going both ways. Yes. So there's fear, fear going on the outside, like it's a scary place, and that, and then it goes on the inside, and there are stories. For example, with the anger, I'm pushing people away with the anger, and then I'm turning anger inwards, like you're mm -hmm. a bad person, you're not enough, you're, you're, and and then it comes the the sadness with, oh, I'm sad, I'm not enough, I cannot make it, and and it's like this. It's it's just a machine. Wow, well, thank you. I hope are you writing this up? Can you write it no. up? It's recorded. Yes, it, and yes, it's recorded. <laughs> it needs to go on the Parasite. Do we have a Parasite? We shall. No, we have a Demon Slayer website. And Parasite's one of the demons. So on the Demon Slayer website, there's section I already started it about the Parasite stuff. But this whole new stuff you're researching needs to go there on the Demon Slayer website. So if you could help us put it there, that'd be super. Yes. How are you working with it, Sonia? Can you say more about your question, Phyllis? I'm, well, I'm wondering how you're, how, I know you're being aware of it, and then what's your next step around it? And the reason I'm asking is because I do that too sometimes. So the first thing is this experiment I'm doing with sadness. And one of the things that I am noticing is that to have a next step is part of this parasite technology. It's a way to move me into this pressure that I need to achieve something. And the noticing already released something. And then things in parallel are happening. The, the two sessions that I had with the feelings practitioner released the pressure with us, the fear and the anger. And it's not clear how this happens. And there's this common thread where I'm navigating life and things show up. And yeah, this is where I am right now. That's like new, new possibilities show up. What shows up? Feedback, for example. Uh, I'm yeah. talking to someone and this person says, um, something about me not receiving not receiving appreciation. And then like three different people with no relation between them tell me the same thing. And so I see this and okay, I'm going to create an experiment about this. And then another part of the technology shows up, which is the my compass of reality is decalibrated and it's connected to this um, right and wrong, good and bad, which is, if I do something that is is connected with a sense of being wrong or bad, the technology is to make it bigger. 
And if something that is perceived as good happens, it's it's it becomes smaller. And then I had the situation where I could experience this in my body and I got the feedback, listen, I, I just said this and you are making this bigger. Why? How come you're doing this? And things just align and fit. Thank you. Thank you for your question. Sonia, you're, re you're revealing something about yourself. Which is? What would you say? I'm revealing myself. No, revealing something about yourself. I don't know what it is. But what would you guess? If you just watched the video of you saying what you just said for the last five minutes, what would you say about yourself? I'm a researcher. What kind of researcher? Uh, an energetic technology researcher. It's more, it's slightly refined from that. It's not just energetics. Can, can you say more about that? Good, but I want you to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not it. <clears throat> Maybe we'll just leave this for, for your discovery. Okay. When you watch the video, you go up. Oh, oh that's what I am. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your research. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <clears throat> Well, all right, we're on page 262 in the book in a section called Conservation of Energy, A New Game. It's the bottom of the page. It says, the new game starts like this. Track where your attention is directing your energy during the day. So this would be an experiment. For the next week, really, as much as you can, track where your attention directs your energy. So if you notice that, you might, for example, notice that you're planning dinner at breakfast time. Part of your attention is already going to what, what you're going to eat for dinner at breakfast time. You know, do we have the right recipes, ingredients of food in the refrigerator? Et cetera, et cetera. You're already going, do I want this? Do I not want this? And it's breakfast time. And you're 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 flowing energy into dinner time, for example. Or you could be flowing energy into how much money you have. And you put your attention on, okay, your fear, how much money I have, what what does that block me from doing? What does that allow me to do? And so 
you, you start putting attention on noticing where your attention is flowing energy during your day. And the point is, this is a kind of self-observation. Self-observation, as we've mentioned before, needs to be absolutely neutral. That means without judgment, without uh, beating yourself up, without, without trying to change anything. What you're trying to do is notice. And what Sonia was talking about was this thing about how consciousness, awareness itself, is a force of transformation. Awareness releases the pressure, she said. So awareness itself is this force of transformation. And so this is what you're doing is you're not even trying to transform. You're just simply trying to become aware of what you're putting your attention on because that's where your energy is going. You know, some people who have not, some mothers, for example, who have not done the mother graduation ceremony, the ritual of graduating from being a mother when your children become older than 18 years old, <clears throat> you go through this ritual of taking your name back and you, you create a certificate. There's a whole website called Mother Graduation. I think it's called that. Yeah. And there's, if you don't do that, then it could easily be that your attention keeps going to your children and they're not even your children anymore. These are, these are adult, these are 18 year old human beings, not yet initiated. So they, I don't call them adults, but they're these, they no longer need a mom and you're still trying to role play mom. And you can tell that when your attention goes to your children, those, those things that, you know, you fed them and changed their diaper and took them to the playground or whatever you did for all those years, and you built up this whole identity called mother or father. And if you do not go through the graduation ceremony, then your attention goes to them and your energy goes to them. And all they have to do is protect themselves from you. You know, those being those those beings who grew, you, you know, you held space while they were growing up. They need to protect themselves from you because you're you're flowing energy into their space. They have to protect themselves from you, and you wonder why they don't call you, why they don't come over for on Sunday for dinner. It's because you're flowing energy there. And so you, this this exercise, this practice, is about how much energy are you giving to what, and when, and why, especially why. Before you try to change anything, so don't change anything about what you are doing. It is counterintuitive, but very important to watch first, to really watch it intently for a year, for a long time, for a while, six months. Really just notice, notice, notice. Put your awareness on where your attention is flowing your energy and why. What is being created for you, for other people, for the rest of your life, you know, your archetypal lineage, your bright principles, your non-material value, your your possibility, what, what is being created by the way you flow energy with your attention? Watch for a long time, observe for a long time, spend weeks, maybe even months, observing what you do with your energy. You have to notice what you're doing for so long that you get sick of it really, that it becomes like, oh, this again, before you even do it. It's like, okay, here it's coming again. This, this pressure, this impulse, this directive, you know, this need, this is coming again. I can feel it coming again. You, and you have to notice it so much that you can sense it coming. 
The only thing strong enough to change habits of energy flow is deep, authentic remorse about the results you presently create. So the only thing strong enough to change the way you habits of way you flow energy is pain. Your consciousness of pain of what you're causing. That's that's the only thing. That's the only thing that will make the energy flow in a different way. When the pain of watching yourself waste away your energy gets strong enough, you will automatically change your habits without having to make efforts. You will, you, will, you will not have to try to change your habits. They will change by themselves because it's too painful to do it the old way. And the awareness creates the pain. If your habits of flowing energy have not changed, it is because you have not yet let the pain of awareness about what you are doing get intense enough. <clears throat> and this is what's so valuable about Inter-navigating mad, sad, glad, and scared, like Aunt Chloe said. If you can't, if you're not okay with being scared, if you're not okay with being angry or sad, if you're not okay with that, and you go, okay, this is sadness, okay, this is fear. If you're not okay with that, you will not be able to let the pain of awareness about what you are doing get intense enough. It won't get, you know, you'll it'll go up to five or six percent big and you will stop because it's not okay to feel scared about yourself or sad about yourself or sad about, it's not okay. So when you let it consciously get up to 60, 70, 80% big, you know, that's when things change because it really is that big because you're designed for something entirely else. You know, you're designed to be a transformer in the world. That's what human beings are designed for, to be, to serve as a transformer. It's like Tatjana described in her story. You know, she walked into that space in the church, in the funeral, and she was a transformer. And she was causing people awareness, the changes of possibility, that things could be communicated and completed and shared and revealed, and all this stuff because she was trans, she was energetically, you know, holding consciously, responsibly holding that space, being a transformer. We're designed to be transformers. And that, and so that's what this is about. But, you, but it's important to understand that learning to navigate mad, sad, glad, and scared is far more than a personal development course. You know, it's about not trying to make your life so you can fit into modern culture. You know, it's trying to, it's, it's intended as a, as a basic central skill set for becoming a human, an adult human being doing what you came here to do on planet Earth. When you contain and consciously direct how you're flowing your energy more and more, you start building new kinds of muscles. The new muscles, energetic muscles, allow you to direct and focus your attention and therefore your energy through new capacities, new intentions, new, new, new awarenesses. Imagine what resources you would accumulate if you were able to conserve most of your energy during the day. All that energy that you notice you're flowing here and there and here and there and this and that, you know, my diet, my, my wardrobe, you know, my friends, my neighbors, the dogs, you know, all this. If you were able to conserve this energy 
what 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 a resource you would have. This does not mean <clears throat> that you just lie in bed all day with a pillow over your head and try to you know buffer yourself or isolate yourself from the world. You know, some people do that. We've met a number of people <clears throat> who entered different possibility management online spaces from their bedroom. They've been locked away in their bedroom, you know, partly from the COVID process, but partly from just terror of what's out in the world. And they were locked away in their bedroom and they just were buffering, you know, protecting themselves from everything. And as they go through a little process, go through a little awareness, get a distinction, try a little lowering their numbness bar, they start doing this. And a number of those people are, are totally out in the world now. I mean, I know one guy who's traveling to Africa. He's going to learn to study to communicate with animals. He's going to, you know, people are out of their bedroom. And it's it's really astonishing that how big of a change that can make. So the point is not to try to decrease the stimulation from the distractions, you know, what where you could possibly flow your energy. I mean, it might be, you know, some some people watching TV all the time, they have the radio on all the time, the newspaper comes, the neighbors are screaming, you know, there's sirens and uh, going up and down the street or whatever. There's all this distraction forces. The dogs are barking, the kids are screaming, the, et cetera, et cetera. You, you know, the, it could be about getting into a place that doesn't simply attack you, you know, and use up all of your energy. But um, it's not about trying to buffer yourself from all the impulses. That's not the solution. You know, the solution, it does not mean that you lie in bed all day. Conserving your energy involves going about your day, paying attention to your attention in two specific ways. One, pay attention to avoid flowing energy anywhere unconsciously. So I want to indicate the, the, the difficulty of that because the, the whole point of unconsciousness is that you don't notice it. And that's, that's the point of it. So we're saying to notice what, what you're not noticing, to see what's invisible, essentially. So we're trying to, the invitation is to not unconsciously flow energy anymore. And so... Okay, it says, that is, make your attention harder to get. That's the trick. See, if the thing that wants to flow your energy unconsciously easily gets your attention, then it can flow your energy unconsciously anywhere, and you will use up your energy, and you will not have the energy for evolution or for playing with or for creating something interesting. So... Make your attention harder to get, except from your children. So there's an exception in here. If you have children, there's a procedure that we recommend, or I recommend anyway, with children, is that if a child wants your attention, you drop everything and squat down, and you look straight in their eyes, and give them 100% of your attention. And it'll take about three seconds before they're filled up. It's like a little car driving into a gas station and they just need some of your attention. And then you just sit down and you can look right and go and go, Hey, hi, how's it going? And you, you just put all this attention on them and they go, and you look at you and they go, okay, bye. And they're gone. They're <laughs> filled up. 
And instead, what happens is the kids come in and go, mommy, 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 the dog is pooping in your on your desk. Mommy, the, the dog ate the toilet. Mommy, you know, and you're going, leave me alone. I'm cooking, you know, don't bother me. Go play outside, you know, like this. <clears throat> and so that kind of interaction is the kid's starving. The kid is starving and you are starving the kid. And it doesn't take, you know, three, five seconds. You go squat down, bye mom, and they're gone. So this is, a, this is one of the exceptions. That's the exception to that is... So make your attention harder to get, except for your children. And it also the book says, or your partner. And I'm not sure about that right now, but anyway. And so you get that as you make your attention harder to get, that means you got to notice when something is trying to get your attention and make it a conscious choice about whether you do that or not. So that could involve uh, advertising. You know, it, there's all these subtle forces trying to get your attention. You know, I heard Anne Chloe just yesterday or something. She was on in the other room talking to somebody on the Zoom, and she said, "I don't watch. I don't read the news. I don't watch the news." And and I don't know if you guys remember when you stopped reading the newspaper. Anybody remember when you stopped reading the newspaper? Or the how do you the eight o'clock news? The eight o'clock news. Yeah. You remember stopped watching it? You I got to turn the news on on TV to see what's real. <laughs> I'm going to bark, you know, <laughs> excuse me, um, <laughs> um, Fox News, CNN, this is CNN, we're going to tell you what's important and what's real, and we're going to freak you out so much you vote for us next year so we can ruin your life more, okay, <laughs> so, okay, so find out, you know, that sense of that something is trying to get your attention and make it a conscious choice about whether you put your attention there or not. If that's not a conscious choice, then your attention goes places unconsciously and you're just, uh, God, you're food for vampires. You're like somebody with no mosquito mosquito net. You, know, you don't have a fly swatter. You're a person without a fly swatter. And the flies just come all over you and they just suck off your energy, your sweat, whatever. So you notice how your attention, what it feels like when you, somebody wants your attention, they're knocking on your door, trying to take your attention and you go, ah, you're trying to get my attention. And you can say that. You can say, I notice that you're trying to get my attention. You cannot have it now. I mean, I have messages on my computer that people are trying to get my attention. I just leave them, you know, for months, maybe forever. And then, you know, they send me 10, 12, 20 messages go you, you know you're never answering your message i don't even read that so so it's called conscious irresponsibility so you intentionally don't be responsible about you know like ordinarily you're not accessible this, you, your job is not to be accessible your job is to be an agent what no one experiment that i did with that and i'm still doing is like waiting I don't know. It's like on the street, there's some people who will like speak loud. Hey, try to get people's attention or um, into, I, mean, I don't look at them. Like how, how much can I not, I mean, in the beginning I would, I would just, you know, or say, sorry, somebody bumps me and I would just say, sorry, like all these ways that I would lose my attention. And I, or, you know, homeless people who's, who, or like loud in the train or something like that. How to not 
move my attention or to make a choice about it. So anyway, that was one of my practices in terms of attention. Oh, something else. Oh, another practice I did was you, when the, the stores are playing music, I consciously choose to walk on a different beat than the music. Mm. So I'm not sucked by the music. Cool. Mm. All right, that's number one. So, so paying attention to your attention in two specific ways. The one is, the first way is to avoid flowing energy with your attention anywhere unconsciously. So you just completely stop flowing it unconsciously and you make, so you make the choice about where you flow your attention, where you put your, you make that you more and more sensitive to that. So you have a choice about it. And number two is pay attention to flow only the exact amount of energy needed to accomplish what you want, not too much and not too little. So it's really common for people to overreact or give a hundred percent attention or you know such a long time or whatever this whole amount of attention for something like dusting the shelves or talking to your mother or paying your bills or you know there's so many things that we might use up time and attention for that you can just hack you hack the system so that you it's not it's by your choice it isn't by oh they want this or oh you know it has to be perfect or oh whatever the thing is it's like i i just when when i was first discovering possibility management and i was i thought that our clients were corporations i called up i don't know a thousand companies in around 2000, the year 2000, for, for five or seven years, I called up a thousand companies and tried to get appointments with their human resources department or their their training department. And I, and every single company, I made a folder. And inside it was a plastic that had a label and I had a paper and it said, you know, Mr. Mr. Mork, you know, he said, I have to call back. Tuesday. So I put that in a special Tuesday file. I had this. And so, you know, after, after I started learning about what I was doing with my attention, I went back and, and I looked at this two giant metal filing cabinets, each with three or four big drawers full of these folders alphabetically put in order. And I just, it was a horror. You know, I spent, I don't know, five, seven years of my life built, putting my attention and energy and building out this whole completely non-functional and ineffective in, um, contact files. And I I sat down as a part of making it painful for me. I sat down and I tore the paper label off of every single plastic file so I could recycle the paper and recycle the plastic files. It took me a few days. I, were you, did you see me do that? I was awful. It was like, you know, tearing it up. And just, it was like, I was barfing. I couldn't believe it. I it was my handwriting, you know. I could I I did all this, and it was it was insane. So that's the kind of thing is to become ex, extremely you know, absurdly re, um, affected by effective no affected affected by what your what your, where you flowed your attention and energy. Be affected by it. And go oh my god, you know I I'm, I'm doing this, 
Yeah, and it's to become aware of it. So you, so you go, okay, I, I, I only need a tenth of a percent of the energy that I was giving this. A Hello? No, bye. You know, and that's it. It's, it's, it's like you can handle stuff that fast instead of flowing a bunch. Oh, really? Oh, well, let me think. No, no. Well, you know, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I I just uh, took somebody through this process about, and it's also about attention, but it's more when you become a source person for your own creation. So it's not really, you have to handle people who are wanting your attention. It, for example, is the, the uh, infinite resources wanting your attention. Gaia, Echo, your archetypal lineage, your bright principle, and they, they're throwing stuff and be like, God, I could make this, I could create this, God, I could write this article, God, I could you know, make this, and then this like overwhelm of, of creation force. And the, one of the trick to be able to manage your own attention, because they all want your attention, you know, the more, um, in a way, the, the more grown up, the more clear adult ego state, the more you become this space with a sword, like just simple becoming as you're becoming a space with a sword as an inner structure the the more you can create things and, and they're so excited and they're like okay i'm going to make use of this person because she can really make stuff you know or he can make stuff and and so one of the ways to handle these forces of creation is to have a waiting room make a you you create a waiting room an energetic waiting room and so and the first step might be to just actually um declare your office like how do you want your energetic office to be and then in the office, you have a door, you declare a door and you declare a waiting room and you have, you make this deal. You, you kind of have to find what's the deal you've made with these forces before. Did you shut them out? Did you say, you know, hit me, you know, give me everything you have. What's the deal you've made with the creation forces? And then you say, I'm changing the deal. Look, I, you know, I, I want you, you're in my life. We're doing fantastic, but now there's a waiting room. So this is where you wait. And I decide when I open the door and I decide who I talk to and for how long. And so it's, it can be open the door and it's like, you know, um, uh, okay, I, uh, there's like the next work talk and I want to do it with this, you know, James. And you, so you talk to the creation, the work talk space, you know, the work talk source. Say, okay, come in for two minutes. Okay, who do I need to call? And what's the title of the work talk? And it, it will give you that. It's like, you don't need to come up with it. The source will actually give it to you. Say, thank you very much. Go back into the waiting room. And you, you go talk, you know, go talk to the other creation forces, you know, get inspired by each other or something. And then you do it. And, and, and you know, that's a very practical trick. But this whole idea of the Zoom, that each call you have has to be an hour. It's crazy. Call people up and handle it in seven minutes. Three minutes. Okay. Well, seven minutes, you know whatever three to seven minutes <laughs> whatever and hang up the phone and and and, and you and you're you're handling like you're in control you're you're deciding where your attention goes and then when you have free attention you can say okay i'm going to check the waiting room i will check the waiting room see you know what's what's the next thing waiting for me you can handle it that's really cool stuff yeah thank you thank you Did anybody else want to say anything else right now? I have about three more paragraphs and we're done with this section, but they're not easy paragraphs. So. <laughs>
All right, here we go. So following these two practices with your attention gives you energy in reserve. Extra, more energy, gives you more energy than you normally have in your life because you don't spend it. It's like money in your bank, your bank account. You know, some people can't have more than $100 in their bank account. Freaks them out. Some people can't have more than $1,000 in their bank account. You know, figure out, tell me what your number is. $10,000. Can you have $10,000 in your bank account just sitting there? Is it $20,000? $50,000? How much money can you have in your... You guys, tell me some numbers. How much money can you, are you comfortable with? Is it been you look through your life and you go, okay, this is the number. It never goes above that number. What number is that? Sonia. <laughs> 500. 500, 500 euros. Yes. Thank you. Somebody else? 9,000. $9,000. Thank you. Somebody else? $10,000. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like, the auction. like a video game. The price is yours. <laughs> is this about the comfort level that you need? Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, that you're, what I'm asking is the, is the upper limit. Like, it's wherever it stays most of the time, that's your limit. That's what I'm saying. So you just look back over the last 10 years, What's it normally sitting at? That What's that number? It's probably higher. It's probably more like 30,000. 30,000, okay, thank you. Tatiana, how about you? Um, usually about 10,000 euros. Yeah, okay, it stays like that. So somebody else, Angela, what's your number? You're muted, Angela. I just want a simple number. I don't want a conversation. Just tell us the yeah. number. Two bank accounts with each 2,000. 2,000. Two bank yeah. accounts with 2,000. Yeah, so the number is 2,000. So the, the trick is if you had, <laughs> if you had 100 <laughs> bank accounts, each with 2,000. <laughs> Janet, what about you? What's your number? Uh, up to 100, what I'm doing. Who are blending up to a hundred thousand the last ten years? Hundred thousand New Zealand dollars. Hundred thousand New Zealand dollars. You know, which so that's about fifty thousand euros. Sixty. Sixty. Great. Good. But you know, hundred. Habet, what about you? Can you throw a number at us? Okay. In any case, it's two thousand. Two thousand. Okay, we got uh, yes. Get, so okay, you guys get this. Here we are. We each have our little box on the screen. I'm sharing mine with then Chloe. But anyway, you know, we each have our little box on the screen. So we're equal, always, except we have a, a limit about how much cash we can have in our bank account. Well, isn't that interesting? And it's a lot. It's a very parallel conversation to how much energy you can have in your life to work with available for you any moment and so this 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 is just a thing to become aware of it's like oh my god i mean if i didn't hold it at two thousand or nine thousand or thirty thousand that it would actually be different that your number in the bank would be different yes and it's exactly about your energy in your life like 
it was I had such a I was blown away when I realized that I woke up in the morning every day with the same amount of energy as Mother Teresa. You know, both of us wake up, get out of bed, put our feet on the floor, and we have exactly the same amount of energy for that day. She just, Mother Teresa did not have this solar-powered chemical battery pack, <laughs> you know, extra energy feed in it with a jacket and system so she could, you know, she could create all this stuff. You know, Gandhi, you know, whatever. You know, these people do not have extra battery packs. They have exactly the same amount of energy as all of us. So we, you look through the screen, everybody's got the same amount of energy and attention and like that. Okay, what are you doing with it? That's what this is about. This is about noticing where you're flowing your resources. And it comes through where you put your attention. And we haven't been trained in this. So you have to start over and start a really basic skill you could have started learning when you're seven years old. Where do you put your attention? There's these really ex exercises you can do with seven-year-old kids. There's a great website called Your Attention. Is it great? Yeah. Okay. I think. Right. I haven't looked at it for a while. So, yeah, but it's like, for example, whatever, you, you have a little table and you put some things on the table and you put a cloth over it. And you have your kids sit there. It's this game. You pull back the cloth for two seconds and put the cloth back on. You say, what's in there? And then and then you move some things around and you change things and add things. And you go, okay, what's in there now? And it, with their attention, they can start developing point attention and field attention and noticing what they notice and noticing what they don't notice. And it's really excellent. You can start that when they're seven years old. And so we didn't get that, most of us. So we have to start there. So that's what you do is you just start there. Okay, back in the book. Following these two practices gives you energy in reserve. Be careful about managing your new reserves of energy. It's like having more gasoline in your car or, you know, my gremlin Scar, he's got this, one of these long black coats like spies used to wear. Sherlock Holmes. Like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> but this coat, when he opens up his coat, it's filled up with it's filled up with dynamite sticks, you know, bombs, like you know, acid from melting metal, throwing knives, lock. It's filled with all that stuff. So by doing this with your when you conserve energy, it's like that. You've got more dynamite. You have like uh we know a woman who this this will happen to all of you mm -hmm. too. It's like, do you want to say it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we know a woman that happened to her and then just recently, yeah, just recently this kind of shift into getting more energy. And so before to make a boundary or to say what she wanted, she needed to like use so much force because she didn't have the a energy. And so now that she has this energy, she could be actually just using her, you know, her sword or little her uh, chopstick yeah chopstick yeah. yeah but she because she's used to using the hammer now with that energy she used the hammer and it's just like you know <laughs> floating everything around her but i told her and i said it's like like before you were a little mouse in a porcelain shop and now you're an elephant and and you and you're you you know you're crashing all the dishes like you're you're moving a little bit your ear and it, it crashes all the dishes and to just um and it's great because then you she the experiment was um you don't you don't need all that force to make things move to say what you need and so this works 
within your relationship with your inner construct, your mimetic construct, your energetic construct. It works because your present design of your box can only tolerate a certain maximum level of energy reserves. So it's just like your bank account. You know, it can only you can only tolerate a certain amount of money in your bank account. Your box can only tolerate a certain amount of energy energy reserves. Um, and your box has many conscious and un, but mostly unconscious ways to quickly blow off more energy than it can handle. Mm-hmm. You know, you get drunk, you watch TV all night and get exhausted. You go jogging 20 kilometers. You have a lot of drama. Have a low drama fights with people. You pick new enemies and you know pick bigger enemies. Whatever the thing is, but you have all these ways to blow off. You know, eat 10 Ritter sport bars, whatever, of blowing off all this energy. So by conserving energy, your box will quickly be faced with more energy than it can process. Okay, so that's why you need to be careful with this. Is your and by quickly in this case means within a few hours of practice. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking a few weeks or something like that. I'm saying within a few hours of this practice, you will have more energy than you know what to handle, than your box can handle. So just do this gradually. That's why it's all about observation. You're not trying to change anything. You're just noticing. Conserving energy produces evolution by reflex. What that means is, is as you gradually grow, grow more and more able to manage all this dynamite, all this extra gasoline, you know, rocket fuel. When you start being able to manage more rocket fuel, the rocket will go further. So that means evolution by reflex. So so it's not about, oh gosh, I'm going to go do a seminar this weekend and we're going to evolve. I'm going to go do an emotional healing process and we'll evolve. No, what I'm saying is when you inner innerly manage to work with more energy, your your whole system evolves all by itself. That's what we mean by reflexively. It's an it's an automatic process of evolution when you conserve, when you manage your cons- more conserved energy. When your newly conserved energy, when your newly conserved energy has exceeded a certain box limit, your box's self regulation mechanism destabilizes. And your box will have a tendency to automatically reorder itself in a more elegant and refined design, one that can flow and direct even more energy than before. So what I'm saying is your box is designed to evolve. It is a what's called a it's called a dissipative structure. This is an idea from Ilya Prigogin, who was a 1967 won the Nobel Prize in chemistry and physics, I think. I just want to say when you have more energy, you can remember stuff like that. Yeah. So <laughs> So Elia, what is this? Sorry, Ilya. Ilya Prigogine, yeah, created this idea of a dissipated structure, which is a structure that is, the structure is sustained by the energy that flows through it. I don't know if I say that. So for example, a, a, a tornado. There's no such thing as a tornado. What there is is a bunch of wind energy, you know, which is this, and it's, and it's, it's twisting around the thing and it's going around and it has this force. And as soon as the energy is gone, there's no tornado anymore. And what's not there if the energy is not there. 
So you, this you are a dissipative structure. So you are not there if the energy's not there. A memory, a memory is a dissipative structure. When when the energy's not holding the structure of your memory as a picture or an image or a thought or a concept or whatever, it's gone. So you've so we are we and dissipative structures has have built in them an, the capacity to reorder. What that means is is that there's different levels, you can call it, there's different levels of energy that you can put into a dissipative structure. So you can put in a low level of energy and it can perturb the system, but it's not enough to cause a reordering. Or you can put in too much energy and it causes the dissipative structure to just blow apart. And what you wanna do is put in a critical amount of energy, a critical amount of energy. So exact, kind of a, there's a range of energy to put in so that so that the old way that the, your dissipative structure goes can't function anymore, but it doesn't spin completely apart. And this is a, it's a critical level of energy to add to your dissipative structure. And then it all of a sudden reorders into a new organic form and it's designed for that. And it's more elegant and it's more sophisticated and more clear, more powerful, more fun, more useful. So, so we are that, you are that. We are a dissipative structure. Study the physics. Ilya Prigogine. Sonia, you were going to say something? Yes. What I'm getting is that this energy is um, like this raw um, uh, material to create. And not as much this, I have physical energy to go and do things. It's, it's not like, it's more in a, what I'm getting is more in the level of, being a mage and somehow the survival strategies are eating up this this resource by putting this attention that is value to like ordinary things yes and this is the next level the the next level in terms of this is what i the human beings are born for and then there's this deleveling of I'm ordinary and nothing else can can happen and it's it's bullshit. Well everything is bullshit but it's it's more more than it's like this this would be a good title for the <laughs> next article. <laughs> <clears throat> it's 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 like this technology for create for alchemy and, and magic and creating spaces and designing structures that are not there yes okay thank you Tanya, i'm curious about the story mark of you not being enough not, not right now save it for next week okay good i'm gonna read this before we're done <coughs> all right so you, when you reorder you automatically reorder into a more elegant and refined design one that can flow and direct even more energy than before. On the way to this new, you know, upgraded design, your box will go through liquid states. So be forewarned, be gentle with yourself. That's the point. Just be gentle with yourself because it's, it's, you're designed for this, but let it go at its own pace. Do not try to force this. Just let it one little bit at a time, mostly through awareness. 
having liquid states does not mean that any something is wrong. It only means that your box is evolving to a new shape. That's what the liquid state means. So be careful to conserve energy only during, also during, so be careful to conserve your energy also during your liquid states. Because you will have these liquid states and your box will go, okay, if, yeah, I've got a liquid state. <clears throat> Blame everybody, you know, you know, give up on this, you know, like all that. Do not go binging on sweets or emotionally cathartic while you're in a liquid state. Instead, be patient while you're in the liquid state. Like, do create something with your hands, like needlework or you know, carving a piece of wood into a sculpture or clay, like doing clay work or gar go gardening, you know, take, pull the weeds in your garden, etc. Read a good book, clean the house, watch a film, meditate, go for a long walk, wait it out. You know, just let the liquid state do its thing. Just, just let it do its thing and use your hands. In a few in a few days, you will get accustomed to the new condition of having more energy in your system. Your box will get accustomed to the new new structure, and then you can start exploring what new things are possible for you to create that you could not create before. What new things that you can take responsibility for that you could not take responsibility for? What new things you notice that you could not notice before? Okay, and you go ah okay. You know, new space, you just start exploring the new space. Go find out, oh, wow, look at this. And you'll see feedback, different feedback will come to you. If you have conserved your energy and you make it through the liquid states and your box reorders, then when you consciously place your attention on something or someone, that thing or person receives the full dose of your new energy. And with practice, your attention energy can become quite strong. Conserving your energy and then consciously arranging to place your attention on your partner, for example, for an extended period of time can cause some quite amazing results to be continued. <laughs> Thank you. In a little while. This is something like 19 of September. So we're seeing each other in a month or something. That was the end of chapter eight. We'll be starting next time on chapter nine. And the title of the next chapter is called A Short Course on Archetypal Man and Archetypal Woman. That's so we'll stay tuned. Hold on to your books. And pay attention to your attention. Conserve <laughs> energy. Reorder your box. And we'll, see, we'll try to figure out what your name is next time when we see you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. 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 Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Have Thank a great you. time in Poland. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> bye. Look forward to seeing you again. See you, Leslie.